We'd like to thank Montecito Bank and Trust for their generous support in making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, one two. two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. Well, today I have another guest. This is Marissa, who works as an investigator with the district attorney's office. Now, Marissa recently heard about a fake kidnapping scam that happened to a county employee. In fact, I think the phone call came in on a county phone. So Marissa sent out an alert to all of our district attorney staff telling us what had happened and alerting us to what was going on. And since this particular kidnapping scam had a slightly different twist than ones that I've explained on the show before, I thought it would be a good thing to have Marissa come on as a guest and tell us exactly how this all evolved. So welcome, Marissa. It's good to have you. Thank and, you, Vicki. Um, and thank thanks you. for and being here. Yes. So Marissa, this started with a phone call to our victim. Can you tell us what the scammer first said? The scammer, when he called the victim, identified himself as a DEA agent, uh, a federal employee, um, and stated that the victim's daughter had been a witness to a narcotic transaction. The scammer further told the victim that when the daughter uh, witnessed this, she left running and was chased by members of a large cartel or a syndicate and then had captured her daughter and forced her into a vehicle and then they drove off. That is terrifying. So what happened next? The uh, scammer continued to talk to the victim and told her what he needed her to do was call the victim. They were going to do um, kind of like a three-way call so that she can talk to her daughter and calm her down, but she had to promise not to notify law enforcement, which is kind of ironic because he's claiming to be law enforcement. So the victim agreed to make this call and talk to her daughter. While they were prepping to do this, she could hear a female in the background crying, saying to help them. And immediately, you know, first you get the call and I'm sure that, you know, you're concerned and worried. And it just so happened that this individual, the the female who was portraying her daughter, sounded like her daughter. So it obviously made her feel that this was a legitimate call, but she still remained calm and which kind of helped to solve this whole situation. So she heard this voice in the background. It was a female crying. It actually sounded like her daughter. Did they know her daughter's name or did the victim say the daughter's name? They did know the daughter's name. So the victim didn't give out her daughter's name. This was something that the scammers already knew. That's correct. So did our victim actually talk to this person who was pretending to be her daughter? They did not. She asked to talk to her, but you know they kind of delayed the situation, and they started telling her what she needed to do, which is they needed her to drive to the bank and obtain $4,000. And then the scammer further explained that they would meet her at a certain location or at that location and then pick up the money. They said that they knew that they were aware that the victim was in California and that they were able to track her whereabouts through her cell phone. 
Yeah, so that makes it even scarier. You know, they know that they're in California, which can be easily determined by anyone. They have your area code. They're going to know that it's in California, somewhere central coast. It's not very difficult to look that up and see where they're, you know, where the phone number is from. Now, did the caller have any kind of an accent or did he speak English pretty well? No, the caller had no accent, spoke English very well, so there was no way of determining whether, you know, he was of any uh, nationality. You know, they just claimed that they were a federal employee working with the DEA agent. So what happened next? What did, after the uh, victim was given this demand for money, what did she do? She kind of remained calm. Like I, I was explaining that that's how she was able to get through this whole scenario. She was able to text her daughter and asked her if she had been kidnapped. At that point, while she was waiting for a response, asked the, the scammer a personal question that only her daughter would know and would be able to answer. When she asked that question, they were obviously not able to answer the question, but she could hear the female in the background that was portraying to be her daughter still saying, help me, help me. In the meantime, her daughter was actually able to call her and ask her what she was, um, you know, what she was talking about, what she was referring to. And she started explaining the situation. And then the call ended. This whole call took place, uh, it lasted approximately 20 minutes from the time that the employer received the call to the scammer demanding the money, giving her instructions. Um, And then when she was able to verify that her daughter was actually safe, had not been kidnapped. Was the victim pretty skeptical this whole time? Was she suspicious? Were there moments where she was really frightened and really thought they'd taken her daughter? She was frightened at the beginning. She really believed this phone call was legitimate for several reasons. The, you know, the female in the background sounded like her daughter. They knew her daughter's first name. They knew that, you know, she was in California. So, so just a few things that, you know, kind of questioned, is this a scam or is it real? Is it legitimate? But once she was able to text her daughter and she was able to confirm that, you know, she was fine, that she was safe, you know, obviously she was a little skeptical and Fortunately, she was able to stay calm and confirm or try to reach that family member to determine whether or not her next step would be to contact local law enforcement. Marissa, did you say they called on the office line and that's why she had her cell phone free? She called on her um, work cell phone. That's where she received the call was on the work cell phone. So she had her personal cell phone where she was able to reach her daughter. Oh, that's that's so good. Another time, Marissa, we talked about my daughter got a call saying that I was kidnapped. And when she tried to text me, they knew she was trying to text me. And, but she didn't have an extra phone. So that was very mm-hmm. lucky. Yes, yes. If you're on the phone speaking to someone and someone attempts to text, you can, you can hear the clicking. You can hear mm-hmm. that, you know, they're, they're trying to text. So you can kind of make that determination. So in her case, in this victim's case, she had a secondary phone that she was able to reach her daughter through and, and confirm that she was safe. Yeah, that was really lucky. How frightening. And I was about to say, the difference in this call from others that we've heard about is the caller was posing as law enforcement yes. and saying that they saw this family member being captured by a gang, a a large cartel. So that's really, really scary. Now, 
Marissa, when you sent this information out to everybody here in our office, you also gave us a few tips to avoid being a victim of a, a telephone scam like this. Can you share some of those tips with our listeners? Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, the first thing to remember is that everyone is a potential victim. Everyone can be a target. I myself have been called three times by um, fraudulent IRS calls. So anyone can be a target to these type of scams. You know, attempt to determine the, the nature of the call. You know, is it suspicious? Is there some legitimate reason why they should be calling you? I will call the numbers back sometimes and try to ask some questions just to confirm, you know, who's calling or where they're calling from, just to see if I can get some initial details to follow up on it. But they always hang up and, and end the call. So, yeah. so I haven't had any luck in that sense. Just stay calm. Try to determine if they're calling or claiming to call from a particular organization. Get online or call information to see if you can get a direct number to that organization, such as you know the IRS, and give them a direct call to try to determine whether it's legitimate or not. And then scammers typically ask for payments. And when they ask for this, they'll either ask for cash or they'll ask you to go do a MoneyGram or Western Union service. Or they'll ask to purchase a prepaid card and mail it to a certain location or meet somewhere. Or they'll try to get credit card, number, uh, credit card numbers as well to access those funds that they're asking for. So those um, are big red flags if they ask for payment by any of those means. Yes, yes. Yeah. And again, always call. There are some times where it could be a legitimate call, you know, business call. But a, a legitimate business is not going to be offended if you say, you know what, I'm not quite sure. Let me confirm some things and then I'll call you back. I'll get the direct line and call you back. Good advice. Um, are there places where these phone calls should be reported? There are. You can contact your local law enforcement um, and they can maybe take an incident report if there's additional information to follow up on. But the best way to report these scams is Federal Trade Commission. You can go online and I can give you that information now or, or you can share with the audience at a later time. And then also call the National Do Not Call Registry and that's so that they can take your phone number off the do not call list. Uh, often our numbers, you know, sometimes are public, so they'll just go in and locate all these public numbers, and that's how they find or target victims is by trying to find some information through the phone number. Because they can sometimes associate the phone number to, you know, a Facebook of some sort and get a name, oh. learn a little bit about you in that sense. So always be very careful with, you know, the information that you put on any of the social media because it's easy to access by these type of individuals and just use it to, to try to scam her. That is very important and good advice. And I actually can give contact information on Federal Trade Commission. People can go to www.ftc.gov, ftc.gov. And there is a phone number, which I can also give out. It's one 877 3824357. I'll give that one more time. 18773824357. And the Federal Trade Commission does encourage everybody to report these phone calls. 
So, Marissa, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing this experience. This is really important information for our listeners to have. These are such frightening calls, but sometimes if you know ahead of time what to look out for, they're not quite as scary. So thank you so much for being our guest. Yes, quite I, welcome. Thank I you appreciate it me. as well. Thank you, Marissa. And one more thing before you go. You mentioned the do not call list. Do you know how people register for that? Yes, it's uh, www.donotcall.gov. G-O-V. www.donotcall.gov. Oh, dot go. Yes. Thank you so much, Marissa. I really appreciate you taking You're the time welcome. out of your busy schedule to warn no everyone worries. about this very creepy scam. Yes. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so very welcome. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye Thanks, now. Marissa. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Scam Squad. To re-listen to today's episode and for past shows, visit hubforhumanity.com forward slash scams. That's hub number four humanity.com forward slash scams.